Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. We realize that prayer is not always a high priority in the lives of leaders and in churches and such. People say they pray, and we, we get that, but when it comes out of devotion to prayer, and we're we believe that we are to be devoted to prayer and the ministry of the word. That's lacking. There's a lot of prayerlessness. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Gopher Ministries who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services who does all of our financial accounting Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained, and Life Changing Productions, who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at ChristinaPereira.org. Do you have a loved one special occasion coming up? and don't know what to get them, well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to christinaperreira.org slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina. And I'm so happy to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of God's presence. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me today. He is actually back from another podcast episode. We had such a wonderful time the last time he was here, and I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's Pursuing God's Presence with Roger Helland. And he is actually the author of the book, Pursuing God's Presence, A Practical Guide to Daily Renewal and Joy. So welcome back to the podcast, Dr. Roger Helland. Christina, I'm delighted to be with you and your viewers and listeners. And it's a beautiful fall day here in Calgary, in Alberta, just north of Montana and Canada. And we're loving the opportunity to talk together. I'm so happy to have you back. It makes me thrilled when people come back because it makes me feel like I did my job well and yes. there was honor and joy and the presence of the Lord. And it just makes me so happy. And I'm so thrilled to hear you say that you are uh, experiencing these beautiful fall moments up in uh, Vancouver, Canada. And you are also the prayer ambassador for the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada doing some amazing work. And so I'm so thrilled that you're back. Thank you. My pleasure. So you guys are doing some amazing work up there with helping to bring together many different churches and denominations to really see unity abound in the body of Christ. 
Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, so this past uh, year has been a fairly, I think, life-giving year for me and for many of us that are affiliated. So the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada is an umbrella ministry organization that works with about 50 denominations across the country, about 80 ministry organizations. For example, Billy Graham Evangelistic Association of Canada would just be one of the 80, and there's 79 others at that level. Also, we work with about 40 theological schools, seminaries, and Bible colleges, and about 500 churches. So our mission really is to bless Canada in the name of Jesus. And so we have a new president who was executive VP for about half a dozen years, and his name is David Goretzky. His role is to facilitate research and support for our affiliates. We do a lot of work in Ottawa, capital city of Canada, giving out a voice for human dignity and virtue in the halls of government, the House of Commons and such, as well as doing research for churches, denominations and such, and, you know, have a voice for marginalized peoples and reconciliation and unity is really core to that, particularly in Canada now with the indigenous population, which has been quite a, a dilemma in terms of how to bless our indigenous peoples who lived here prior to all the settlements and such. And uh, some of the terrific discoveries with uh, residential schools, which uncovered some unmarked graves and such. And I think that's probably been in the news down in, in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, so that's part of what we do to try to help uh, bring healing and, and wholeness. But also in the context of prayer. So the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada also publishes a, a magazine similar to Christianity Today. It's called Faith Today. Mm -hmm. And it's won some high awards in terms of being a periodical and the kind of articles and such that are pretty global and international. And so we have a level of, I think, respect and honor that we've been able to garner over the years. The president has brought prayer as one of the primary priorities in the EFC now. And so when I came on as a prayer ambassador three years ago, actually, in 2020, it was an adjustment to sort of broaden and deepen the priority of prayer, particularly in the areas of spiritual awakening and unity and for flourishing churches and denominations and schools and such. And so all that to say this past spring in April, May, we sponsored some gatherings in key cities in Canada. Uh, we called them Ignite cultivating united prayer across Canada. And what, we, what we've that. done is we've sort of tackled two areas. One is to offer a free seminar followed by a complimentary dinner for particularly ministry leaders, church pastors, ministry leaders, to help them really develop cultures of prayer in their church. Mm -hmm. We realize that prayer is not always a high priority in uh, the lives of leaders and in churches and such. People say they pray, and we, we get that. But when it comes out of devotion to prayer, and we're, we believe that we are to be devoted to prayer and the ministry of the Word, that's lacking. There's a lot of prayerlessness. And so we believe that a culture of prayer is critically important. We've run a half-a-day seminar with a couple of really key leaders who are doing it in their local churches. And then followed by a complimentary dinner. And then in the evening, we've had 
public prayer and worship from 6.30 till 9, basically two and a half hours. No guest speaker. The guest is Jesus. We seek the presence of the Lord in praying for unity and praying for spiritual awakening with local leaders and also with our Ignite team. So we start off in Ottawa, the capital city. Then we move to Calgary, a large city here in Alberta, and then to Kelowna, British Columbia, in the interior of BC, and then Regina in Saskatchewan. And then we're heading to Vancouver, actually, in November, November 17th. And March 1st, we're headed into Winnipeg. So we're discovering there's a real hunger for unity and for prayer yeah. at a deep level across the yeah. country across traditions, mm-hmm. yeah, we're calling for the Spirit of the Lord to come and pour out His Spirit and uh, remove dividing walls, unite us, and bring us into a place of kingdom flourishing through yes. revival and renewal. So that's kind of the bird's eye view. That's amazing. That is EFC, so amazing. There's five of us in different groups. So Billy Graham is involved, EFC is involved, the National House of Prayer, which is a national prayer group, it's been going on for 20 years. They're based in Ottawa. They're involved as part of our team. The Peace and Reconciliation Network, which is connected to the World Evangelical Alliance, is involved in Vineyard Canada is also. So that, that's our team. So there's five ministries that team together. And then we work with local leaders and churches, denominations, ministry settings. There's a growing consensus. I just got back from Vancouver last week. There's about 50 pastors and church leaders that came out to hear about Ignite had to press it together to see what God would do to transform Vancouver and British Columbia and Canada. Wow. You know, as you're telling me about these things, I want to come that November 17th. I want to come because this is my heart for America and you guys are doing it in Canada. And I want to be there. I want to come because whether it's Canada or America, it's still the body of Christ, and you're my brother. And yeah. the Lord gave me this revelation many, many years ago that we're a body. And when one of us prospers, we all prosper. And so I am thrilled. Yeah. I, I can also send the links you. Uh, for yeah. you and your listeners to we've re- recorded the seminars in Calgary and also the public gathering okay. last, last April. So you can actually view. What we and enter in to the prayer, to the worship, and to the teaching of what occurred there. Uh, so it's been being reduplicated in Vancouver the same way. So, and people have experienced the presence of the Lord in a very strong way. So, Asbury University, the outpouring of the Spirit that happened there last February, is sort of the marker for us. Well, there was a lot of young people. There was confession. It wasn't based around a, a speaker or you know a program or some really extravagant meeting. It was pretty basic the chapel service in February, and then it just unleashed the presence of the Lord, which was pervasive, and thousands of people came, and thousands of people came to faith during that time. I don't know if your listeners know that, but genuine revival at Asbury, and then, of course, the Jesus Revolution movie, and what's been happening down in Southern California since then. Just a couple weeks ago, I went to Pirate's Cove, where they did the baptisms for Jesus Revolution, and they did a great glory held another one called the Jesus Revolution Baptism Service. They had 4,500 people get baptized in Pirate's Cove, which is in Corona Del Mar, just south of Newport Beach in California, in, in the same spot that happened in the 70s. 4,500 people. There was 20,000 people all around that area. And you can watch it on Facebook. Absolutely stunning. We're calling for that for Canada, 
for the U.S., for around the world. Amen. Amen. Yes. And my heart is so for that as well. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier, and I know that there's such discouragement about the division and the strife and just all of these things that are pervading our world, especially in the United States. But the thing that encourages my heart so much is that when there is deep darkness, God is coming. God is coming. In front of every single move of God, there is deep, deep darkness. And if we can just focus our attention on what is coming and not what is happening right now, I believe that we can live with hope and we can expect that revival. We can expect that move of God because I am a person who believes that A, God always wants to move. He's always speaking. He is always wanting to do something. And where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And so I believe that what God wants to do is so far greater than this darkness. And so if we can just keep our eyes there, we can live in hope. Because I do see things getting darker as we lead up to the elections and things in the United States. But God. God. Yeah, and for me, you know, again, my book, Pursuing God's Presence, I try to address a lot of these areas pertaining to church life, things going on in our culture, uh, some of the elements that I think are biblical, but also historical in terms of how do we sort of activate the presence of the Lord in our lives, but in our churches, in our workplaces, in our families, in our communities. And I think it really begins with pursuing His presence, mm -hmm. where Psalm 105, verse 4 says, to seek the Lord and his strength, mm -hmm. to seek his presence continually. And so that's sort of my key reference point. It's interesting, the Hebrew word there, the first word, seek, seek the Lord and his strength, is to beat a path. It means to beat a path to the Lord, to inquire mm -hmm. and to really search him out. And then the second Hebrew word, seek his presence, literally his face, continually, really refers to you know, a diligent search a diligent seek and find priority in the same way if we lost a cell phone or we lost our purse or our wallet or if we lost a child let's say in a yeah. shop or a playground which we've all experienced these kinds of things we realize the intensity of the search right. now becomes acute it becomes you know that's the primary focus and we don't let go until we discover that person or object. And so it's all around value. So when the Lord says to seek him with all our heart, we will find him, Jeremiah 29, 13. Without faith, we know it's impossible to please God, and anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists beyond the darkness, beyond the division. We seek the light. We believe that he exists, and he rewards those who diligently earnestly seek him. And so that's my heart. That's my passion is that we would seek, experience, and host the presence of God. Amen. And you know what? As you were speaking, it was coming up on my heart. This last RVA revival nights for leaders that we had, it was just burning in our hearts of the people that were there that what is coming is a revival that starts with each and every one of us. Right. And when we are seeking, just like you said, the presence of the Lord, and we are laying ourselves before him. Earlier, we talked about travailing prayer. 
And basically what travailing prayer is, it's waiting. It's saying, God, I can't, but you can. I'm going to stay here, God, until you do what only you can do. And we must come to a place where we just lay ourselves on the altar and say, God, we can't, but you can. Because these things that we're seeing, they're not going to be fixed with programs. They're not going to be fixed with town hall meetings. They're only going to be fixed by the presence of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. So prayer, I spent a whole chapter on that, but it really permeates my entire book because I, I think biblically and personally, Prayer is the primary practice God has given us to communicate and to commune with Him. That's how I define prayer. It's communication with and communion with God. We have direct access. There's an open heavens now. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, He he looked and He he saw the heavens open. It's perfect tense. It means that they're open, they're permanently open. So we have this immediate access to the throne of God and the Father in heaven who calls us to uh, pursue Him. Primarily through the context of prayer, and I'm talking about devotional prayer, contemplative prayer, prophetic prayer, warfare prayer, silence and solitude, and, and practicing the presence of the Lord through the context of communing and talking with Him and talking to Him directly, yeah. talking with Him in conversation, reading Scripture, praying Scripture, hearing His voice, receiving you know the prophetic from other people that communicate the voice of God, and so as we align ourselves and practice his presence, particularly through the practice of awareness. We have to be aware that God is with us and around us and in us and through us. And then it unleashes the supernatural resources for transformation, for healing, for holiness, for direction, for guidance, for revelation. I don't know if your hearers or viewers know this, but there's over 600 prayers in the Bible. A lot of them answer. And that's apart from the book of Psalms, which has another 150 prayers. Timothy Keller says this, that everywhere God is, prayer is. And so where is God? God's everywhere. He permeates the universe. He's inside of us. He's around us. He's in every country, every community, every home, every family, every person. And we have direct access to him. And so when Jesus says, my house should be a house of prayer for all nations, that is the key because the the house is the temple. It's where God's presence is abides. And so prayer, my house should be a house of prayer. My house should be a house where we activate the manifest presence of God in our lives through the context of prayerfulness, public prayer, private prayer. And so I'm probably preaching to the choir to some, uh, but to others, I know that prayer can sound like a a routine, sort of this dull regimen that I've got to do my prayers and say my prayers and open and close meetings before prayer, but that's really not the life of prayer. Prayer is the oxygen of the soul. It's the fuel that starts and sustains renewal and revival, and all revivals point to prayer, particularly travailing prayer, where there's persistence in prayer. There's breakthrough. There's a sense of confidence and faith. There's energy. There's the spirit that's moving and compels prayer and gathers people. That's what happened in Asbury. It was the context of prayer that those students who stayed after the chapel service about 19 of them, and they began to pray and confess their sin and repent, and the Spirit of the Lord just moved in and started to get out, and they started texting, and people started coming back to the chapel, started filling up, and sure enough, there were thousands and thousands of people, and the presence of God was so strong that they just spent a lot of time in worship and prayer. A little bit of preaching, but mostly prayer and worship, 
and confession and, and calling upon the name of the Lord. And so that's, I believe, what God is up to in so many places uh, right now. Yes, I would concur. I, I would concur with you. And I believe that he's asking us right now to make space for him. Make space. And sometimes, sometimes we get into meetings or we get into prayer or, or whatever, and we're real quick to just rush away and rush on with our day and, right. you know, get through whatever. But I believe he's asking us to come and I believe he's asking us to wait. Because like I said earlier, this isn't something that we can do. This is a place of humility where we are laying ourselves on the altar and saying, God, we can't, but you can. And we're going to wait. And we're going to throw off the time restraints and off of everything. And we're going to wait. I know in my personal life, he's asked me to set aside the last few weeks. And he said, I've given you this time that I can revive you because that's where revival starts is when he's reviving us and we start reviving others um and we start unleashing what he's been doing in our own lives and so um can you give our listeners some practical steps that they can begin to pray either uh right where they are that communal prayer that constant prayer or the travailing prayer that i'm talking about can you give them some practical steps to make those things happen? Absolutely. I think the first thing when it comes to developing a life of prayer is number one, to be committed to that is a value that God puts a high value on. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout Scripture, we're called to devote ourselves to prayer, be watchful and thankful, Colossians 4.2. When we look at what happened on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, it was preceded by a prayer meeting. So when Jesus went to heaven, he left a prayer meeting behind. Uh, it acts. Oh, that's what, good. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly what happened. He didn't leave a committee meeting or even a preaching service or a worship. He didn't even leave the church behind per se. I mean, there was the people that became the church, but he left a prayer meeting behind, and that's recorded in Acts chapter one and verse fourteen. It says that they prayed of one accord. They they gathered together of one mm-hmm. accord, and it's a great word. It means to be of united of one passion and one purpose, sort of roaring together. And it lasted for ten days. It was a ten day prayer meeting in the upper room. And guess who is there? The mother of Jesus. That's Mm. the last recorded place that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was at. She was in the upper room prayer gathering in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 1. It says, and the other women. So Jesus had this long charge. And I love, (laughs) you know what? For you ladies out there, I applaud you because my experience has been, and I've been a pastor and a denominational leader and a seminary professor for decades, is that it tends to be the women, bless your heart, who serve in Sunday school, hospitality, and in yes. prayer. They're the ones that are the prayer warriors, and they're the ones that are duking it out with the devil and prophetic and worship and such. And there's men, of course, but it seems like the women are the ones that carry the day when it comes to prayer. And they're mentioned. Jesus bomb and the women and the women that's <laughs> along with the disciples. Get ready to take your faith to the next level. As you sit at Jesus' feet, your faith will grow as you hear his word, commune with him in prayer, and feast upon his faithfulness. In this beautiful journal, you can record your time with God. It includes 52 weekday entries 
which can be used as a week or a day depending on your preference. Record the scripture you're reading, your response to it in prayer, and a journal page plus an answered prayer section to record Jesus' faithfulness. Grab your colored pencils and Bible and be sure to get creative with the images. This journal will be a powerful memorial of your relationship with a living and loving Savior. Be sure to pick up a copy of At the Feet of Jesus Worship and Prayer Journal today. Links in the show notes or you can find a copy at Amazon or ChristinaPereira.org slash store. Yeah, it was so funny because I was just reading in the book of Acts yesterday and I noticed that. Okay. Um, and God is doing something so phenomenal right now with women. I don't know if you've been watching social media, but I've been watching the Debras and the Esthers step up. Absolutely. And man, so it's been right. awesome. And it's it's made my heart so happy because this is an all hands on deck situation. This is not a shove half the body of Christ to the side. You know, that was never the intention of the gospel. That was never the intention of the Father's heart. And I am so encouraged. So, yeah, yeah women. So the first sort of point <laughs> is that there's a commitment to devotion to prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it says in Acts 6-4, I love this verse, Daniel Henderson and Jim Cimbala and uh, Al Toledo and T.V. Thomas, different ones that are out there, H.P. Charles, they have really captured that verse in a way that is, I think, getting great traction across the U.S. and Canada and other places where uh, the apostles, they were facing an enormous challenge with pastoral care for the Greek widows that were being overlooked with the distribution of food, right? Uh, they're Greek-speaking. So the Hebrew-speaking sort of pedigree, they were sort of being looked after, but the Greek ones were being overlooked. And so the apostles said, okay, they delegated that pastoral care. And then they say this remarkable statement, but for us, we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Same word used in Acts 1.14, they devoted themselves to prayer. And the same word is used in Colossians 4.2, where Paul says to the Colossians, devote yourself to prayer being watchful and thankful. So I think we have to step back and really revisit the priority and the importance of a life of prayer, which is really the oxygen of the soul. And spiritually, we suffocate without it. So that's a number one practice. That if we read the prayers in the Bible, I think it can energize us to really know what to pray. So that's my second point, is that Scripture becomes our guidebook. Yeah. I've been to a lot of prayer meetings, and David Butts of Harvest Prayer Ministries in the United States says this. A lot of Christians uh, don't go to church prayer meetings because they have been to church prayer meetings. Uh, all that to say, there isn't a a content that has Scripture-fed and Spirit-led dimensions to it. Mm-hmm. Often we come with our shopping lists, and we can pray for, you know, traveling mercies and final exams and prayed for Aunt Martha's hip surgery, which is fine. It's all valid. But we got to start with the Lord. When we look at the Lord's prayer, it's our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your agenda. Your purposes in the earth. So if we start with God and we start with Scripture, that, I believe, is the place where we begin to cultivate 
a life of prayer that has content, it has focus, it, it rehearses back to the Lord His Word and His will to Him, and it gives us authority to what we pray. So every morning I'm up at 5.30. I was up this morning at 5.30. I just finished reading through the book of Proverbs. Today's my wife's birthday, believe it or not. Oh, happy birthday. And, you know, I, was with, <laughs> yeah, I was reading Proverbs 31, and she is a Proverbs 31 oh. wife, and I bless her and I bless all women to really embrace that scripture, pray it through and listen and imagine all the metaphors and things. And it really starts to excite our imagination and our focus to how to pray. We ingest the word of God. We pray the word of God and we pray the verses and passages and make them our own and internalize it. And that begins to accelerate our focus. And then we get into public gatherings as well. We pray from scripture. I never hold a prayer meeting without an open Bible. We have a focus. We sort of articulate it. We get participation. It's brief, you know, spirit-led. And also when it comes to cultivating a life of prayer, there has to be a, a routine that is a discipline. Like we have to have daily times where we set time apart, whether it's in the early morning or midday or in the evening or whatever, driving in our car or standing in line or going for a walk or whatever. But that prayer becomes this conversation with God. For those of you that have seen the movie Fiddler on the Roof, and you would understand where I'm getting at. If you haven't, I'd recommend the movie. It's a classic, and it's really about this poor milkman by the name of Tevier, and he had these five daughters, and they're really pushing cultural values and Jewish family and, and Russia or Ukraine at the time, and Bolshevik Revolution and such. And it's a musical, but there's all this conversation and singing that has to do with Tevi's relationship with God. And he just talks to God and vents his frustrations, vents his, you know, his needs and such with his daughters and the things that are going on in culture and tradition and such. And so for me, it's a good metaphor. And for the other group, that movie itself really showcases how to talk with God, how to pray, how to pay attention to God. And so scripture fed, spirit led routine uh, that on a regular basis each day, uh, but also within the context of our churches, that's to be regular prayer, devotion to prayer in the Word. And I believe that God will honor that, and we will see answers and results. Amen. Amen. Yeah, he is so faithful. You know, I'm so encouraged by who he is. So many times when I pray, I say, just thank you for being who you are. You are so faithful, Jesus. Adoration. So kind, so good. And I think as we pray and as we have that relationship with him, we see his character, we see his faithfulness. Yeah. The prayer, I just want to add this, it becomes a delight. And it's yeah. not a religious ritual, it's a delight yeah. in a relationship. And, and so, if you know, you just mentioned your wife, it's her birthday. And so, simply, if you were to come to your wife and say, hey, here's my laundry list for today. How do you think that Proverbs 31 woman would respond? Exactly. Because, yeah. <laughs> Out of humility, she'd probably say, okay, let me look after that. But I think she's expecting a lot more than that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so when we approach God, if we just approach him as if he is a real person, because he is a real person. You know, I love in the book of Acts, Jesus was taken up. He was literally translated into heaven, just disappeared before him and in his resurrected bodily form. So he is a real person. And so when we approach him like that, I think it kind of shifts our thinking 
where, you know, we can say, okay, Lord, here I am. What do you say? What would you like to do? And so it just shifts our thinking a little bit instead of, hey, Lord, here's what I need you to do for me today. Okay, thanks. See you later. You know? Uh, so I, I call this continual fire on the altar. So I, I spent a whole chapter on how do we develop presence-centered prayer? Mm-hmm. There could be list-centered prayer. There could be, you know, theme-centered prayer. But I believe that presence-centered prayer, we're seeking the presence of God in prayer. Right. That for me, every day as I get up, Lord, I, I want to seek your presence. I want to experience your presence. I want to host your presence. And even coming into Zoom meetings, I'm praying for the presence of God to permeate those airwaves and, you know, the effects that he can bring no matter what technology we're using. And one of the quotes that I cite in in that chapter on prayer is from Richard Lovelace. And he basically says that prayerlessness both reflects and reinforces inattention to God. Mm. Now, he was a historical theology professor at Gordon-Conwell Seminary in Massachusetts, deceased. But his book on dynamics of renewal, he goes to the heart of various renewal and revival movements in the U.S. through the first, second great awakenings and the pietists and the puritans and all these different key leaders. And when he zeroed in on prayer and how prayer has always been the central practice, particularly travailing prayer, that gets breakthrough at some point where God pours out his spirit. The prayers of the saints ascends into heaven like incense. Mm-hmm. We see that metaphor in the book of Revelation. And then we see the bowl tip and then mm-hmm. light under and boom, strikes the mark. And so the presence of God comes in sometimes dramatic ways. But he says this, and this really caught my attention and really sort of shifted my own theology of prayer, that prayer is paying attention to God. Mm-hmm. If I'm going about my day and we're all busy, you know, if you've got kids or family or multiple jobs or you travel, or you're on the road a lot, or you got a demanding lifestyle. And I think a lot of people these days have very demanding lifestyles. We've just yeah. come through COVID. People are tired. There's a lot of duress and frustration mm-hmm. in our world and our lives or the d- depression anxiety are all time high that's the main thing that came out at asbury all the anxiety and the fear yeah. and depression that those students faced and they're getting breakthrough and healing but it's really in prayer and so prayer is paying attention to god and so i'm trying to remove distractions i'm trying to you know turn off my cell phone turn off social media shut my computer off look into the heavenlies take a walk outside take a deep breath and recalibrate I've got a Mac computer, and I just found out today there's a new operating system that's come out. It's called Sonoma. Mm-hmm. So every it seems like Apple's coming up with a you know, upgrade to the operating system. So yeah. And again, it's like we need upgrades, you know, yes. regular upgrades to keep yeah. our lives flourishing, not just become static in the Lord. Yeah. That'd be we abide in Christ, we bear much fruit. Mm-hmm. And so Richard Lovelace says that. Prayerlessness reflects and reinforces inattention to God. It's a circle. The less we pray, the less attention we pay to God, and the less attention we pay to God, the less we pray. It becomes a circle. And mm-hmm. I, I want to get out of that black hole and pay attention to God. Sometimes it's very subtle in how he moves and operates in and around and through me. 
And when I connect with him and I see answers to prayer and I know that he's alive, he's real, he hears, bam, that revitalizes my heart. Yeah. And so Leviticus 6.13, fire shall be kept on the altar continually. It shall not go out. That's the verse I use in chapter 6 on present-centered prayer. That's the verse that the Moravians back in 1727 handed on to generate their century-long 24-7 prayer gathering that propelled hundreds of missionaries all over the world. And it was a revival, renewal, removal, birth in prayer, prevailing. That's, so oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. You know, and I just want to encourage you listeners out there, if you are busy, I've got good news for you. The Holy Spirit is portable. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. He goes with you everywhere. <laughs> does. He's in us and around us and through us. Absolutely. Yes. He indwells yes. us. We're his yeah. temple. Yes. Right? We're, we're walking, talking temples of God. Yes. It's amazing. You know, and I get it. I'm a busy mama. I'm a ministry leader. I'm a podcaster and an author. And I'm a homemaker and a Proverbs 31 woman. I love to bake and cook and Good take my little girl to dance. And you like sewing and buying property? <laughs> All that stuff is itemized in there in that culture and in that day, right? Okay. You spit at the city gates and your husband blesses you and all that. Okay, my husband does bless me. Good for you. But but I don't sit at city gates. My sewing is marginal. I can okay. sew. I just created okay. a, uh, my little girl, she wanted this stuffed animal that did Aww, not exist. So cute. So I had to create this thing. She wanted this woolly lamb that just didn't exist. And Aww, That is so yeah. cute. Yeah. I'm looking at the last verse in Proverbs, okay? This caught my attention, and if I'm sure you recognize it, but for your viewers, and Proverbs 31, here's the key. Really, this is the key to all of life and really to seek the presence of God. It says this in Proverbs 31. Just a second. I'm scrolling through my phone. I'm trying to get to the bottom. Here it is. Charm is deceitful. And beauty is vain. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now watch this. But a woman who fears the Lord mm -hmm. is to be praised. Damn. Okay. That is the point of the book of Proverbs that we live in the fear of God. When we live in the fear of God, that opens up the channels of his presence, of his purity, of his power, mm -hmm. of his goodness, of his grace. And that mm -hmm. is the key to experiencing daily renewal and joy. Amen. So good. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, this has been so fun. I wish we could keep going, but would you pray for our listeners? I will. Whatever the Lord puts on your heart. I always believe in praying scripture because scripture has final, absolute authority. And I know that when I pray scripture, mm -hmm. I have God behind the prayer because this is the word of the Lord that he communicates to us. So I'm going to take Paul's prayer in Colossians chapter 1 where he prays. And I pray for all you dear listeners and potentially viewers out there on this podcast that God would fill you with a knowledge of his will. 
in all spiritual wisdom or wisdom that comes from the spirit and understanding. And Lord, we all need spirit endowed wisdom and understanding to navigate the complexities, the disunity, the frustrations, the challenges, the despair, the hopelessness, the pain, the discouragement, the division in our country and in our own lives and in our communities and in some cases, even in our churches, in our marriages and families, Lord, we need the prevailing presence of God that would fill us with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as that we would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Lord, may we walk in a way that pleases You, that it is worthy of You, that people look at our lives and they see Jesus reflected in our lives, in our character, pleasing to you, that we would bear fruit in every good work. And Lord, for those business men and women out there, for those IT specialists out there, Lord, for those in communications and in advertising, Lord, for those that are in the service industry, for the carpenters and plumbers and people who work in the legal world, Lord, for the teachers and home workers and home business people, Lord, for those that work in medicine and professional careers of business and finance and banking, Lord, for those that work in social services, Lord, those that work in churches and denominations and such, Lord, across the board in every vocation and in every workplace, Lord, I pray that each one of these dear listeners would bear fruit in every good work. Mm -hmm. and increase in the knowledge of God, the personal, intimate, relational knowledge, not academic, abstract knowledge, but the personal, interactive knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power. Lord, I pray for the strength of your presence yes. to permeate, that we would seek your presence continually, that we would mm -hmm. seek your strength. And Lord, there's so much fatigue and frustration, depression, woeliness, faint-heartedness. Lord, there's people of mind, body, soul, and spirit that are sick and have infirmities and need the blessing of God from heaven, healing and holiness. Lord, we pray that there will be strength with all power according to your glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Lord, Paul is packing so many profound words together that embody the results when we walk according to your ways. And Lord, we are infused by your presence and your power that we would have endurance and patience with joy. And Lord, for those with depression, those who are disheartened, Lord, for those that are facing trial and loss and have maybe lost loved ones or face uncertainty of a future or lost a job or lost a child or lost their health or strength or hope, Lord, I pray for joy that be replaced of that depression and that sadness, giving thanks to the Father. Father God, we give you thanks. Yeah. Our hearts are full of gratitude for your goodness, for your glory, because you have qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, not darkness, in light. And you have delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of your beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In Jesus' holy name we pray. And may your presence now, I pray, yes. come 
and be close and impart all the gifts and callings and stirrings into the people who are listening and paying attention. And for those of you that maybe you haven't come to that place of faith in Jesus, would you turn your life over to the Lord Jesus Christ? Say yes. Turn away from your sin and your darkness. Walk into the light and experience the joy of the Lord, which becomes your strength, endowed by the presence of the Holy One. Lord God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we love you, we worship you. We adore you, we respect you, we revere you, we serve you today and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I was trying to keep my eyes open. I kept closing my eyes. <laughs> so good. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. I know this is going to bless so many people. And I am really believing that people are going to catch the message, and they're going to continue to duplicate it here in the United States Amen. because that is what we need. So, thank you. Thank you. I'm sure, God's presence. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, I hope and I pray this episode has blessed you. I will have links from today's podcast in the show notes under Revealing Jesus with Christina Prayer, wherever you get your podcast. There you'll find additional resources to connect with us and our special guests. Dr. Roger Helland, and be sure to pick up a copy of his new book, Pursuing God's Presence. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. 7778. And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.